It's good to be here and just share with God's Word and God's Word. And uh, it's a tough day for folk in the USA. We've got friends in, in Florida and we've really been praying for them and keeping updated in relation to how things are. I was having a wee look at see how Irma was doing at half past three this morning and uh, found it quite hard to get to sleep when you see the potential devastation. But uh, the Lord's in it. Not in a just way, as the preacher from America seemed to be thinking, but I think in a caring and loving and a compassionate way, and that's how we need to think about that, that God will be there uh, in and through it, supporting and helping people in their difficult uh, circumstances. Deuteronomy chapter 8, if you've got a Bible, turn to it. If you've not, I've just put it in PowerPoint. I think sometimes it's quite helpful to do that. It saves you uh, having to keep your head down. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord has promised on oath to your forefathers. Remember how the Lord our God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart whether or not you would keep his commands he humbled you causing you to to hunger and then feeding you with manna which neither you nor your fathers had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone but in every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not swell during these 40 years know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son so the Lord your God disciplines you observe the commands of the Lord your God walking in his ways and revering him for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land a land with streams and pools of water with springs flowing in the valleys and hills A land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees and pomegranates, olive oil and honey. A land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you've eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws and decrees, that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful desert, That thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert. Something your fathers had never known. To humble and to test you. That in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember, the Lord your God... For it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers, as it is today. 
If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed like the nations the Lord destroyed before you. So you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. Amen. And God will add a blessing, I'm sure, to his holy word. Just a few uh, a few background thoughts on Deuteronomy. Uh, that work. So if you have a wee look at the screen. So we know there was 40 years of rebellion and frustration in the wilderness. When Moses was taking his people through the wilderness. This is the next generation. This is the generation after that. And they're finally old enough. They're finally old enough to go in to the promised land. And it's reckoned that over... Over 2 million crossed the Jordan. I think there was about six or 800,000 fighting men. And all in all, they reckon there was somewhere between 2 million and 3 million who crossed the Jordan to go into the promised land. Canaan was the promised land, as we know. Uh, this was a large and prosperous country. And if you look at the map today, it corresponds roughly with Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, and of course, Israel. The book of Deuteronomy means the second law. It doesn't mean it's second best. But if you remember the Ten Commandments, this is a law that was adding on. This was adding on to that. So in the book of Deuteronomy, it was adding on to the original Ten Commandments. For example, they they were going into Jericho and they were going to fight. And so they needed additional authority from God to go in and fight. Uh, and we all know the song about Jericho I think we, most of us will sung, have sung, sung it in Sunday school I can't remember it was but the walls fell down eventually I can't remember how the, how the song goes but I think most of us know it the, so the, the first five books are called the Pentateuch it's a big name but it simply means Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus Numbers and Deuteronomy and Deuteronomy fits in to all that and they're kind of called the five books of Moses in the Hebrew Bible, the Torah so Moses urges his people to love God as we see up here in the last wee bullet point and be faithful and he'll bless them in return so there's a covenant made there's a covenant made and a covenant, as you know, is a promise. And sometimes, sometimes in promises, as we know, eh, there needs to be a response. If you're faithful to me, I will prosper you. If you come before me, if you revere me, then I'll make sure I'll look after you. And eh, Moses was 120 years old and he went up on Mount Nebo. And he had a look over, can you imagine this? He had a look over the promised land. The Lord allowed him to do this. The Lord had already told him, you will not go into Canaan. And even he knew he wouldn't go into Canaan. After his 40 years in the wilderness, taking the people through, he still loved the Lord. But he wasn't going going into the promised land. That was Joshua. But the Lord took him up on Mount Nebo. And allowed him to see the promised land. And he actually died on Mount Nebo. And uh, that was in the plains of Moab. So even though he didn't enter the promised land. The Lord in showing his love for his people. Allowed him to go up there. So that's just a wee bit of a background. And uh, I'll not not say too much about the map. But if you 
have a wee look at this map that's the plains in Moab where the Israelites were where the two and a half million, two million were there and you see Abel Shittin up there and across to Jericho and that's where they crossed uh, and as we know just the same as the Lord parted the Red Sea he did that with the Jordan he did that with the Jordan and they stood in dry land, dry land when they were crossing you see Gilgal up there with a question mark I don't know why in the map it's on the right hand side it should be on the left because where the dot is on Jericho uh, Gilgal would be just a wee bit up above that if you see the word between there run about the two E's would be roughly I think where Gilgal was and the reason I'm saying that was is that when they went over they didn't go straight over and fight at Jericho they went straight over and they stayed, they, they camped at Gilgal which was maybe 34-40 miles away from Jericho and if you see Nebo there that's where the mountain was that, that Moses went up and he was able to look in to the promised land looking across to the west the main thing is that uh, the Israelites had a major problem in forgetfulness. They continually forgot what God had done for them. I don't know if it was intentional forgetfulness. I think it probably was. But they continually forgot how the Lord had supported them, helped them, carried them through their situation. They continually forgot this. Now all these things in Deuteronomy can be applied to us today. So I want you to apply everything that I'm saying today to the fellowship and your family situation and personally. Every single thing can be applied today. Don't forget to remember, God wants only what's best for you. He wanted only what was best for his people. His intentions are always good. Embrace God's good purposes for you. It's easy to live your life in depression, isn't it? I can do that every day, no problem. You know the bit I love about it? Putting the covers over my head. But it's a terrible thing. When I say I love it, it's a terrible thing. And sometimes I think the Israelites just wanted to put a cover over their head and do what they wanted to do. But remember God's good purposes for you. Even in the difficult situation, the, the, the difficulties of life perhaps that you're going through to get today, remember God's good purposes for you. Even in tough times. Tough times builds up our faith. I remember saying to a boy years ago, I feel as if I'm just hanging on by my fingertips at the moment. I felt that a number of times in my life. In fact, I felt that maybe more times than I care to mention. That I'm just hanging on. And he said to me, Sandy, see the longer you hang on, the stronger your muscles get. God will test our hearts. Look, be sure that God will test you also. Expect trials and learn from them. The Israelites didn't seem to learn from them. Expect trials and learn from them. How often in my life do I say, Oh Lord, I can't believe this situation. Why did I wait for two weeks to bring you in here? Why did I wait for two weeks when I know I should bring you in right at the beginning? What did I wait for? I never seem to learn. 
And God allows these difficult times to nurture in us, to produce a deeper faith, so that he can bless us even more. When you're going through trials, it's tough. But the Lord blesses you even more because you're able to look back and see God with you through the difficult situation. And God wants also to be central to your life. He wanted to be central in the life of his people. And Moses wanted to be central in the life of his people as as a representative of God. And they loved Moses, but they continually disobeyed him and disobeyed God. The Lord wants to be with you each step of the journey. Not running ahead of you and not lagging behind you. It's not him that does that, it's us. He wants to walk with us. He wants to walk with us. A life guided by the Lord. If you look at 1 and 2, if you've got a Bible, listen, I've got the verses up, so it's no problem. A life guided by the Lord. The action, be careful to follow every command. I am giving you today. Be careful to follow every command. Let me ask you this question. Did you follow every command? Be careful to follow every command. That means include God in everything. What's the result of that? That you'll live and you'll increase and you'll enter and possess the land that the Lord promised an oath for you and your forefathers. The Lord has promised Moody'sburn. We are the church. Go to that on Friday night. Do you know what I was thinking when Graham was sharing about Friday night? We are the church. It's not about new beginnings doing it on their own. If we're going to possess the land, we possess the land together in Christ. I didn't prepare this message because of that, but it was interesting when I listened to Graham, I thought, how wonderful God fits things in. How wonderful God fits things in. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way. It is important when we're faithful to God to recognise and realise and trust and believe that he'll lead us all the way he leads us all the way even when we're going through the desert I couldn't count the number of times I've gone through the desert and I've kidded on I'm not going through the desert do you know that one? how are you doing today? you know this? oh no problem no problem if I was telling you the truth I'm, I'm either going through the desert or I'm sinking. The Lord's going to one of the two of them. But remember this the Lord leads you all the way, even in difficult circumstances. Why does He do it? Not always, but often. To humble you. And I don't mean being humble and proud of it. To humble you and to test you in order to know what's in your heart. The important thing sitting here today, the important thing for millions of Israelites going through the desert for 40 years was, what did God want to know? What was in their heart? You stiff-necked people with your heart and heart. Are you a compassionate person? Are you loving towards others? Or are you stiff-necked? One of my best friends says to me, I can't change, Sandy. I can't change. 
Oh, says, is that right? Right, I thought you were a Christian. I am, but I can't change. Oh, right, right. Did God not make you a new creation? Aye. Oh, right. Well, I thought if you were a new creation, and you had his spirit in you, and you live spiritually, then you could change. I know, but there's some things I can't do. You know? Oh, is that right? Well, at the end of the day, one of Rob's old pals, Duncan Donaldson, Duncan Donaldson, I was his social worker. Anyway, he had a big t-shirt that he wore. I hope he had more than one. I'm sure he had because he always wore them. And it says, under new management. Under new management. And you know what he said? After I get saved, when I went home, the dog bit me. He didn't know me. I was a new creation. That's what he says. So if you're a new creation, if you're a new creation, you need to show it. Yes, you can change. Are you narky? You can change. Are you bad-tempered? You can change. Are you impatient? I'm not any of these things. You can change. You can change for new creations. To be more like Jesus each day. It's what they call the process of sanctification. Big, big word. You know what it is? Just being a bit more like Jesus each day. A life of humility before the Lord. A life of humility before the Lord. He humbled you. He humbled you. Causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna. Which neither you nor your fathers had known. To teach you that man does not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's Matthew 4 and 4. <coughs> now you need bread to live. But do you know what? You need spiritual bread. You need spiritual bread. Just like the woman at the well needed water, I will give you living water. Because spiritual bread lasts you a lifetime. Or physical bread lasts us for now. Water lasts us for now. The living water lasts a lifetime into eternity. To teach you that man does not live by bread alone. It's important we grasp that. If, if you don't get into the word, you'll not know what the word of God is. You need to know, you need to be reading your word to know what the word of God is. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord disciplines us. Sometimes we need discipline. Most of my life life, I've need discipline. I don't have discipline. I don't like order. And as I get older I don't actually like people getting me into trouble or out for something. I don't know if that's today with age, you know. But we need discipline, don't we? Sometimes the Lord needs to discipline us because we're not doing things right. And sometimes we need discipline to do the right things in our life. Be humble before the Lord. Be humble before the Lord. Can you be a nice specialist and be humble? I don't think so. I don't think so. We need to give glory to God. It's not about you, it's not about me. We need to give glory to God. Whatever God's given us is of him. Whatever talent we have is of him. A life of hope in the Lord's provision. Observe the commands of the Lord your God. Walking in his ways. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. I love this. 
I love it. And yet, when I look at some of the things, I don't like pomegranates. I don't like honey. You know, things that I don't like because, and other folk just love them, you know, but I don't. But that's not, the idea of it is all the goodness that God gives us. When you look at your glass, do you see it half full or half empty? As Christians, we need to see our glass half full. The Lord's given us a good land. Moody's born. It's a good land. Oh, there's that many drunk boys out there and boys and uh, just talking to a boy out there the other week. Oh, everybody's on something on here Sunday. You know, you know the, the, the voice, you know, usually with a shell suit on. But do you know what? Do you know what? The Lord, the Lord loves each person outside, outside this door and in Moodysburn. This is a good land. Moodysburn's a good land. Christen's a good land. Round about here, it's a good land. And it's a land that the Lord wants us to possess as a church. We can't do it on the periphery. Whoever possessed anything on the periphery, you can't do it. You need to be in the centre of things to possess things. You can never possess things on the periphery. You can't do it. It's a principle in scripture. You can't do it. To change it you need to be in it. The Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. And you will lack nothing. Sometimes we feel when we're struggling. We're struggling. And life is tough. We feel Lord. I can't manage. I can't cope. I'm struggling. Well remember this, rely on the Lord because you lack nothing. Embrace his promise, you lack nothing. A life of praise to the Lord. When you've eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord. And praise him for the good land that he's given you, for the things that he's given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. Listen. Don't forget the Lord your God. Do you know what that says? A pally mine, a pally mine calls this short memory syndrome. You ever heard of short memory syndrome? It's an addiction term. But I've got short memory syndrome. <laughs> Don't forget the Lord. I've got a pal that says to me, Sandy, the number of people that I'm, I've been involved with over the, fa- the past 15 years, that I've got short memory syndrome. They did this and they got hurt and they go back and do it again and they get hurt. And they go back and do it again and they get hurt. Do you know why? They've got short memory syndromes because they forget how hurt the hurt how hurtful the hurt was. That's me. Do you know what? We've all got short memory syndrome. But don't forget to bring God into everything that you do. Don't forget it. It is so easy to forget. Don't forget it. Don't forget the Lord your God. If you've asked the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart for salvation and you've made him the Lord of your life, why would you forget the Lord of your life? But we do it so often. And Moses had to preach and preach and preach and preach this to the Israelite because this was God's message because God knew what he was dealing with. They didn't need to be there for 40 years but they were there for 40 years because of disobedience. Then your heart will become proud. See when you think you've done it all yourself. When you think you've done it all yourself. Everything that you've got. You've done it all yourself. No you've not. 
Always recognise it's what God has given you. It's what God has given you. And you've got treasure in heaven. And see the people over in Haiti. The people over in Haiti that have got nothing. They've got nothing materially. They've got treasure in heaven. They're going to walk the golden streets the same as you and I. But they've got nothing materially. And it's important we don't focus our life on material things. I was with a pal of mine one day. And I was preaching to him. I'm saying to him, listen. It's important that you don't focus on material things. All my life I've tried, tried to believe that and work towards it. Don't focus on material things. And if you get material things, it's what God has given you. So be thankful. It's not having material things that's the problem. It's the love of them that's the problem. It's when they dominate your life it's the problem. That's not the problem. We can use our material things for good and for God. You need to focus on spiritual things in your life. A life of challenging the Lord. He led you through the vast and dreadful desert. The difficult times that you have been in. Remember the Lord is with you through them. He brought you water out of a hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert. Why did he do this? To humble you and to test you. To test you. Where's your heart today? Has the Lord been able to make you pliable, malleable, with compassion? Has the Lord been able to look into your life and to change your life from this Narty, grumpy, annoying, upsetting, agitating person like sometimes Andy Steen is. To being a compassionate, caring, loving, gentle person whom God wants you to be. That's who God wants you to be. Can you do it? Not on your own. But you are a new creation. And God can do it with you. This process of change that's a lifetime experience. To humble you. And to test you. God doesn't test us to knock us down. He tests us to build us up. Have you been going through a tough time this week? Last week? Have you been through a real hard time? Has Satan been attacking you? Has your life been tough? Have you wondered how am I going to get through this week? If you can try and grasp this. That sometimes, often, often we go through these situations. And they're testers for us. Because when we come out the other side, we're stronger. Sometimes we don't feel it. But when we rely on God to be our guide. As he was with his children. He makes sure that you've got manatee. He makes sure of that. Verse 20. A life empowered by the Lord. Don't forget the Lord your God. Don't forget the Lord your God. Because it leads to destruction. Whatever, whatever has been produced for you is by the Lord. And it's him that gives you the ability to do whatever you're doing. Be thankful for it. 
It's him that gives you the ability. Not, not off yourself. It's off the Lord. Don't forget to remember. For you, his intentions are always good. Always remember that. His intentions are always good. Embrace his good purposes. Remember when you've got through hard times. That God uses these hard times to build up your faith. Do you know where you get the most hard times? In church. And in your family. Do you know how your family should really love you and they do? Right? Sometimes they would. Do you know your church we really love each other? Sometimes we're hard to live with. The place that should build us up. Sometimes love's knocking us down. Strange, isn't it? Really strange. But it's true. God's good purposes in these tough times builds our faith. Brothers and sisters, don't just put up with each other. Love each other. There's a distinct difference. There's a lot of people in life whom I have just put up with. Because naturally speaking, I found it difficult to get on with them. And they probably found it difficult to get on with me. But do you know what? It is mandatory to love each other. It's not an optional extra. I don't know how often this will be preached for this, from this platform. But listen, it doesn't matter one wee bit if you don't apply it to your life. It can be preached a thousand times. God's going to break you and apply it to your life. I found that tough. And I've had to apply that to my life when in actual fact at times I didn't want to do that. But I've done it. And God will build you up. God will test your heart. Expect trials. Expect trials. Expect trials from the people you love. Or expect trials from the people who say they love you. And learn from these trials. God allows these difficult times to nurture to deepen our faith. And so that he can bless us even more. And just a bit about Friday. I just added this in. I think last night. He wants to be with us each step of the journey. And to possess the land that he has promised. And your life individually. The Lord has promised you. He's promised you good things. And your family, he's promised you good things. Sometimes it's hard to see when you're under pressure and in difficult circumstances. And for Moody's burn, he's promised us that this land is here for us and for God to possess. He's promised that. We are the church. We are the church. As representatives of the church, let's have faith and trust and confidence that this land is here for us to possess. Not in a possessive way, but for God, so that people might be liberated in Jesus Christ. Try and come along on Friday. It's important that the other churches see that we're not this wee holy huddle that think we're the best. 
But we want to integrate with other people that know God. We want to broaden things out. We want to possess this land for Jesus along with other people who love the Lord. Bless you. Thank you.